Welcome to week nine of our sermon series, Tattoo My Soul. We get this idea of tattooing our soul with God's words from Deuteronomy 11. Write my words on your heart and in your soul. Do whatever it takes to remember what I'm telling you. Read my words. Write my words. Turn my words into art. Live them. Talk about them. If you do this, I will bless you. I will flourish you. If you are longing for blessings of God, read this book. Pay attention to this sermon. Talk about it later. Do whatever God convicts you to do with these words, and he will bless you. He will flourish you in ways we can scarcely imagine. Last week, in this sermon series, we looked at Jeremiah chapter 29, a verse God gave me several years ago, and we really pressed into verse 7, work for the peace and the prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. And we asked the question at the end of the sermon, how can we make our place a better place? A question that God would have us ask. And this week, as I sat down with the Lord and said, what do we talk about this Sunday? What do you want to impress upon us this weekend? I felt him clearly communicate, I want you to hit this idea again. I want you to press in again how we can be blessings, why we need to be blessings in our places. It's more important than you realize. I felt like the Lord said to me. So we are going to hit this idea of making our place a better place in the name of Jesus again today. Now, as I thought about this idea of making our place a better place and praying for our city, I felt inspired to create a visual so we can understand what, what's my city. So, check out this map. Here is our city. In the center is Woods Edge Community Church, the Woods Edge Student Ministry. It's where we're sitting right now. And I went 20 miles all around it. And within the 20 miles that we see square on that map, there's about a million people represented. There's about one million human beings living in this visual right now, including us. Now, I intentionally made the map dark because the statistics are there. The facts display that our city is bursting with broken marriages and broken homes and broken people. In those 20 square miles surrounding our city, just imagine for a moment, the, just, just the crazy amount, I, I don't even know how to quantify it, of abuse that happens in our city. Imagine how much addiction lives in the 20 square miles here. Imagine the hopelessness that is represented in the people shown to us by this map. The suicide. The, the self-harm, the, the just throwing in the towel and saying, I've had enough. There's so much of it represented on this dark map. And we as God's kids, we're called to do something about that. We're called to pray about that. We're called to fix it. How? That's huge. A million people? Are you kidding? Well, as I asked the Lord, where do I take them? What do we talk about? 
Acts chapter 1 comes to mind. Jesus said to his disciples, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now, when the disciples and Jesus were together for the last time, the disciples asked Jesus, Master, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And Jesus answered, you don't get to know that time. Timing is the Father's business. What you get is the Holy Spirit. You will receive power and authority to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. First, in Jerusalem, then all Judea and Samaria, and finally to the ends of the earth. Students, you've heard me say this statistic before. It is abominable. It is shameful. It is heartbreaking. The second leading cause of death for teens in America today, suicide, giving up, saying, I can't take it anymore. I've had enough. And the, the science is also there that one of the main reasons that that statistic exists is because teenagers, people really, lack a clear understanding of their identity and their purpose. We are asking ourselves from the day we are alive and able to ask, who am I and why am I here? And for many and many, they'd never hear the answer. They don't know the answer. And so why would we stick around in this dark place? So, in light of that truth, we look at God's truth. Acts chapter 1, and I ask you, did you hear the promise of your identity and your purpose in what I just read? Did you hear God's speaking identity and purpose over all of you in Acts chapter 1 just now? If you didn't, let's look at the conversation again. The disciples went to Jesus and basically said, it's hard down here. It's dark down here. Now, you're the God, Jesus, of freedom and restoration. Has the time come? Can we just go with you to heaven? Can we get away from all this mess? And Jesus says, not yet. Not quite yet. I've got a job for you down here. I want to give you the Holy Spirit. I want to give you power and authority, and I want you to use it to tell everyone you know about me too. You know me. You need to let others know me as well. There's your identity. There's our purpose. Our identity is people who have been with Jesus, who have heard about Jesus, who read about Jesus, and we know this is true. And our purpose is tell everybody you know. Tell the world about who he is, that there is freedom, there is restoration available, even in your darkest hour. That's our identity. That's our purpose. And so the next question in light of this monster task in front of us is, where do we start? Where do we start? The answer was right there. Jesus told his disciples clearly, start in Jerusalem. Start in the city that you live in. You need to start telling the world who I am right in your own hometown. Check this out. A shadow to this at me. Spirits in the dark
that song, that anthem for us, if you will, today, says, where we're from, there's no sun, there's no light. Our hometown, the place that we live, is in the dark. We have already established that that is true. That is what we are talking about today. That's the problem we need to get to the bottom of. And if you live somewhere on that map that we showed a minute ago, your family, your friends, our hometown, it's, it's dying for lack of light. It's dying for lack 
of Jesus. It doesn't know rescue, restoration, freedom. It's available. So how? How do we shine in this dark place in our hometown in a way that makes a difference? Well, the song says, a shadow tilts its head at me. Spirits in the dark are waiting. I will let the wind go quietly. You guys, a couple things from that lyric. One, we need to remember our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against other people. As much as the media will have us believe that, as much as Satan pushes our buttons and makes us mad at people, our enemies are not actually human beings. Our enemies are spiritual. Our enemy is the devil and millions of fallen angels that share this space with us and are intent on keeping us from the Lord. That midnight voice that you hear that says, you're nothing, you're worthless, you're garbage, that's not you. That's not God. That is the devil himself, and that's who we're at war against. In that lyric, I'll, I'll let the wind just go quietly. I'll let my life mean nothing. I'll let the Spirit of God inhabit me and not use it. That's also part of the problem. So we need to decide in light of the fact that God says, go and use what I've given you. And P.S., you've got an enemy. We need to decide, am I going to just let this life drift? Am I just going to coast on my Christianity? Or am I going to make a stand? Am I going to do something about the problems I see in the world? We need to remember that God says in Luke chapter 10, and as I read today's scriptures, I want you to imagine them. I want you to picture them. Close your eyes if you need to. Luke 10, God saying to us this morning, after Jesus sent out his disciples, they returned triumphant. Master, they said, even the demons obey us when we use your name. And Jesus said, I know. I know they do. I saw Satan fall like a bolt of lightning from the sky. For I have given you true authority. You can smash vipers. You can crush scorpions under your feet. You, students, you disciples of Jesus, you can walk all over the power of the enemy. You cannot be harmed when you've got my Holy Spirit living inside of you. We need to remember that. How do we walk that out? What's that look like? That, that people aren't our enemy, that's actually the devil. How do we pray? How do we respond? Well, I'll give you an example. Our good friend, Tatiana Santiago, two weeks ago, when we talked about God's desire for us to make peace with our enemies, to pray for our enemies, to pray for people who have hurt us, who harass us, to seek their good and not their evil, felt like God impressed upon her specific people in her life to pray for. Enemies, bullies, if you will. And so she started doing it daily. And within a week of praying for them, she is walking into one of her classrooms, and there's one of her enemies crying in his chair. And this person, who they clearly, they don't get along, they're not friends, he looks to her and says, will you, will you pray for me today? Because she prayed for this person, the enemy was taken out of the equation, and reconciliation happens. She gets to point this person to Jesus, to hope, to freedom, to restoration. Miraculous, nothing short. It was a beautiful moment for her. She couldn't wait to come and share it with us. So, thinking of that story, I want to share five lyrics with you. We just did one. 
And after each scripture and each story, I'm going to invite you to pray for yourself, for your city. I want you right now, grab your brown prayer tags, grab your pen. We're going to do business for our cities before we leave this room, and it starts right now. If you want God's light to shine in your hometown, I want you to pray right now with power, with authority. As you write these down, I want you to know that God is watching, God is responding, and here's the first thing we can pray for. Jesus, smash the devil in his schemes against me in my life. Smash the demonic assignments against me and my family. Just come in and smash all the schemes of the enemy in my relationships. Pray for yourself with authority, with the power of the Holy Spirit, and just say, Jesus, smash the work of the enemy in my life. If you are right now even picturing what that work is, how he might be coming at you, be specific, but just pray with authority. Jesus, smash this jerk. And the second prayer is like it. Jesus, crush the schemes of the enemy against my hometown, in my city. The devil has specific assignments, specific demonic influences that target cities in different ways. I guarantee you one of them in Houston is human trafficking. We lead the nation in it. How horrible is that? One of them in Montgomery County is teenagers killing themselves. We have the highest teen suicide rate in Texas. Pray that Jesus would smash the schemes of the enemy that have been placed over our hometown. Pray knowing that God hears it and he's like waiting for us to have been asking this. If you're still writing, continue, but we're going to keep right on with our sermon. The next lyric says, be the one, be the one to take my soul and make it undone. Students, we need to remember, God is reminding us today, the song is reminding us, something has been done to us down here. The devil, the media, the world has been feeding us force-feeding us lies since the day we were born, saying, you know what? Hide your pain. Hide your weakness. Don't open up. Don't share with people. That's dangerous. That'll get you hurt. So that's a lie we've been being force-fed. We've been been feeding a lie. Something's been being done to us, convincing. Put up walls. Unfriend people. Block people if you don't like them. Thereby just subconsciously training our minds that people are the enemy and not our real enemy. Something's been done to us in that our culture says, you just need to settle and you need to make this life all about pursuing pleasure and money. That's the American dream, just be happy. That is a lie straight from hell that this life is just about comfort and pleasure. We need to remember, and I want you to picture this as I read it to you, that God's word says in Psalm 51, O Lord, pry open my lips that this mouth will sing joyfully of your, not mine, your greatness. I would surrender my dearest possessions. Picture that for you. I would destroy all that I prize to prove my regret. You don't take pleasure in sacrifices and burnt offerings, though. What sacrifice I can offer you is my broken spirit. Because a broken spirit, oh God, a heart that honestly regrets the past, you will never reject. How do we walk that out? What's that look like? How does that convert into an action? Well, you guys are doing it right now. You are listening to truth, 
and you're responding. You're acknowledging, I need Jesus, and I can't do this by myself. Every single week that you guys come here and hear the word and do something, hear the word and pray, write down prayer tags and leave them by faith, you are admitting, I am broken. I am not okay. I don't want more stuff. I don't care about my reputation anymore. Jesus, I just need you. I'm ready to be all in. That is a way that we get to press into the truth of this, that we get to walk it out. And if you want God's light to shine in this hometown of ours, in this hometown of ours, here's the second thing we're going to pray. Pins at the ready. Jesus, I'm broken and I need you. Just admit it. Just own it. If you've got a specific brokenness, write it down. Don't worry about the people on your left and right. Just admit, Jesus, I'm broken. Jesus, life is just broken. I need you. Whatever that looks like for you, just desperately, humbly, authentically cry out, Jesus, I need you. That may be all you need to write today. And the second prayer is like it. Jesus, my city, my school, my home, they're broken. This way doesn't work. This way isn't working. This program, it doesn't make a difference. My city is broken. Jesus, it needs you. Just on behalf of your city, Jesus, come and be in my city. Help us realize how much we need you. Use me to do it if need be. The next lyric says, again, be the one, you be the one to take me home and show me the sun. I love this line. We need to remember, you guys, it puts things in such beautiful, perfect perspective that this world, that this body, this isn't my true home. This isn't my real body. This is borrowed dirt. I'm going to die 10 years, 15, 20, maybe 50, I don't know. We'll see. And I'm leaving all this behind. I'm leaving all this behind. This is not our true home. We're not living for this world and the things that it offers. We're living for the next one. We're living for heaven. That's our true home. God's word says in Revelation 21, again, picture this as I read it. In my vision of the future, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth disappeared. And the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them, and he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more death there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything brand new. And then one of the angels took me away in the spirit to an enormous high mountain. And he showed me this holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, resplendent in the bright glory of God. The city shimmered like a precious gem pulsating with light, and the walls were jasper, the color of glory. In the city, it was pure gold. It was translucent as glass, but there was no sign of a temple, for the Lord God 
and the Lamb are the temple. And the city has no need for sun or moon because God's glory illuminates the city and Jesus is its light. Jesus is our true sun. That ball of fiery gas out there in the solar system, that is symbolic that we, our lives rotate around Jesus, the true light. How do we walk that out? What does that look like? How does understanding that and knowing that make a difference in this world? I'll give you an example from this week. I'm sitting outside at Starbucks and a woman that I've seen on a couple of occasions and her two little children are sitting there before I got there. They're watching the ducks eat their chips and I hear this little girl, seven or eight years old, ask her mother, Mommy, when the ducks cross the street, if one gets hit by a car, what happens to it after it dies? Beautiful, powerful question. Seven or eight, already thinking about these things. And the mom's answer just broke my heart. She said to her little girl, who she's responsible for raising up in this life, well, honey, I don't believe in heaven. And so when the duck dies, I think its energy just goes out into the universe. And that's kind of a sweet, pretty sentiment. But that is so hopeless to me. The idea that when we die, our energy, our life force just goes out into the solar system. If that's the reality, what the heck are we doing here? Where's the point in being alive if that's it? Why do we even bother being good people to each other if when we die, it's just like, whew. it did not feel appropriate right then and there to say, hey, lady, I'm, gonna, I'm taking your children from you, right? It did not feel appropriate to like, contradict her, to correct her in front of her kids, and the point is this, sometimes all you can do for your city, all you can do for the difficult people that you encounter is pray for them. And so right there in that chair, while they're talking, I just started praying for that little girl and her sister and her mom that they would know there is a hope beyond this life. There is a place beyond this world that we have to look forward to. And would you please help these two children and that woman understand that? I pray for divine appointments this week in the vein of Revelation 21 that they would know there's a God in heaven who loves them and that they have hope on their worst day. And that's all I could do. And even as I shared that last service, I just prayed as I'm praying right now talking to you, Jesus, give me an opportunity. Give me the right words at the right time in the right way to the next time I encounter that family, share that with them. Sometimes in this life, all you can do is just pray for people, pray for your city. So in that vein, if you want God's light to shine in your hometown, I want you to pray right now with power and authority along these lines. Jesus, fill me with hope for the future. Whatever your circumstance, ask Jesus, give me hope. If you feel hopeless, ask Jesus to give you hope right now. You have it. On your worst day, when you feel like giving up, you have heaven. You have Jesus. You need to ask him, if you need it, to remind you of that, to fill you with that. Even now, ask him, the next time I feel hopeless, because he knows where it is, fill me with hope. And then a second prayer is like it. Would you use me, Jesus, to share the hope of you with my city? Would you use me to speak words of life and hope to those around me that are dying in this darkness? Use me, Jesus. Put away, put away all the gods your fathers serve today. Put away, put away your traditions. Believe me when I say, you guys, we need to remember that it is time. The time is 
now. The time is today for us to put away selfishness. It's enough. We don't need it anymore. It's not helping you. It's not helping me. We need to put away selfishness. It's time to put away bad habits. It is time for us to put away in its entirety fake Christianity, saying that you care but not being willing to do anything. I hate that in myself. Jesus, take it away. God's word says in Romans 12, picture this in your own life. Brothers and sisters, I beg you, it's time to give your bodies, to give your whole self to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. For this is truly the way to worship him. Stop copying the behaviors and the customs of this dark, dying world. But let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way that you think about sin, about who God really is, about who he created us to be. Change the way that you think about your identity and your purpose. How do we walk that out? What's that look like? I've got a great example. Miles, Jocelyn, Michelle, this family in our ministry, the mom will write me emails sometimes about how things are going in their family and with her kids. And she wrote me an email this week about Miles to encourage me. I did not ask Miles permission to share this, so buckle up. It's all about you. Well, not really, but still. Jumping right into the middle of the email, Michelle writes me of her son. I knew Miles had just finished working a long day. But I still asked as we arrived home if he wanted to bless our neighbor by mowing his lawn. Picture yourself, long day, just home from work, exhausted, and mom's like, hey, you want to go and mow that guy's yard? Miles was tired, and he said, maybe tomorrow. And he went in to clean up. But then he stopped. He thought about it, and he changed his mind, and he went back out. He did not do a sloppy job with a reluctant heart. He worked tirelessly and with great care. And when he was finished, he and we felt so amazing, so on fire, that we worshiped and we prayed for more. We prayed that our neighbors who saw the work would be encouraged to go do good deeds themselves, that there'd be a ripple effect in our community, in our city, and to the ends of the earth. This woman writes me this encouraging story and literally quotes the scripture we started our sermon on. She didn't know we were talking about that. It's the kind of thing that happens when you live sold out for Jesus, when you're willing to change the way you think. Divine appointments and miraculous opportunities start sprouting up for the glory of God. If you want God's light to shine in your life and in your community, I want you to pray right now with power and authority. Jesus, help me serve others and not myself. Write down, write now, Jesus, I put you first and me second. Others first and me second. Jesus, help me serve others and not myself. And a second prayer is like it. Jesus, help my city see the way that I put others first and help my city do likewise. Use me as an example, Jesus. And as you write that out, I'll continue. The song says, I know, I know that you can bring the fire. I'll bring the bones. 
I know, I know that you make this fire in my bones and you make it grow. We need to remember that we know how to stay alive. We know how to make a difference in this life. We know Acts chapter 2 where God says, let everyone know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both our Lord and our Savior. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him, brothers, what, what, what should we do? We, we killed our Messiah. What do we do about it? Peter replied, each of you must repent, must change the way that you think about your sins and turn to God. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are talking today about receiving power and authority and using it to make a difference. And right here says, this is how it's done. How do we walk this out? Get baptized. Make a public profession of, I belong to Jesus and I don't care who knows it. In fact, I want everyone to know it. This year, since January, 55 people in this student ministry have chosen to publicly declare their faith, I belong to Jesus. And you guys, I've never seen anything like it. The power, the change, the transformation, the promise of Acts chapter 2 being fulfilled before our eyes as people step out of faith and receive power and authority to go into their community and make a difference. If you want God's light to shine in your hometown, pray right now with power and authority. Jesus Help me be known as yours, whatever that looks like. Praying for people out in the city, doing good deeds. If you have never chosen for yourself to be baptized in the name of Jesus, if you feel like, I don't have the Holy Spirit, don't leave it to chance. Let's go do it right after this service. Publicly declare, I belong to God, and then receive blessings, receive power and authority. Jesus, help me be known as yours. And then a second prayer is like it. Jesus, help my hometown. Help my city be known as yours. Isn't that what our church has been praying for for six years now? May Houston be known as the city of God. Let's make our lives known as belonging to God. Let's make our streets, our homes, our schools, our hometown, and yes, Houston known as the city of God. Imagine what that might look like. If all of us pray that here today, I'm going to close our sermon. I'm going to remind us of something we saw in the video that I loved. That image of the wolf chasing the rabbit. Satan, our enemy, our true enemy, would have us believe that he's this big, bad, powerful wolf. wolf. And we are these scared, frightened, helpless little rabbits. But did you see what the rabbit did? It ran all out in front of anyone and everyone for the tree of life, for the shelter of the Lord. It ran to Jesus. When we run to Jesus, when we publicly say, Jesus, everything changes. This summer, in the Dominican Republic, about 30 to 35 of us, mainly students, gathered together one night and prayed specifically for here and now, for our city, for our hometown. We were 
over there, but we were praying for here. And one of these students, under the power of the Holy Spirit, goes away for a moment and comes back with this epic poem, this word straight from God. And every time I read it, I'm just like, this is for us. This is God's promise for us. I have invited Maddie to come and share what God had to say to us this summer. God exhales creation. With a single breath, he turns a seed into a forest, a grain of sand into a desert, and a drop of water into an ocean. He breathed out light and molded it into a universe. He breathed out his soul and molded it into children. He breathed out his promise and molded it into salvation. In him we create. In him we can turn a brick into a city. In him we can turn a note into a symphony and a letter into a poem. Lord, let us not squander our likeness to you. Where you exhale freedom, let us inhale freedom. Where you exhale joy, let us inhale joy. And where you exhale peace, let us inhale peace. Let us share blessings with your children. Let us exhale the freedom, joy, peace, and life that you breathed into us, into others. Exhale creation, Lord. Turn a stranger into a brother, a disciple into a church. Make us into an army. Where we shout your praises, turn fear into boldness, turn doubt into assurance, and turn rage into peace. At your name, Jesus, turn enemies to ash. Amen. Well done. There are so many things I love about what Maddie wrote. The thing that stands out to me the most is this repeating phrase, exhale creation, exhale creation. Turn a stranger in your city into a brother or a sister, a disciple into a church. Make us into an army. This idea of exhaling creation, that's prayer. That's just us breathing out prayer constantly, and then life, change, power happen in its wake. I want to close with a visual of what that looked like. I spent a, an inordinate amount of time on that map that I showed you earlier because I felt like God said, I want them to see. Here's our map. There's our church. That's our city. That's our hometown. That's our place. I hopped onto the computer I got all of your addresses from our system because we got them, we know. Here's your homes. Here's 400 homes of students. This is where you live. That's your place. I want you to imagine a one-mile circle around your house, your street, and all that darkness. Imagine that God's saying to you, this one mile around your house, that's yours. That's your piece of the hometown. That's where you're going to pray. That's where you're going to focus your efforts, look what happens, those little dots. All of a sudden, that map, that million people, that enormous canvas, it's not so big anymore. And what does God say? Pray for your city. Pray for your hometown. Its welfare is going to determine your welfare. What happens when we pray for our city? It lights up. The darkness turns to light. God gets involved. Miracles start to happen. Divine appointments. Love and good deeds. Making a difference. What would it look like if for the next 20 days we prayed for our hometown, for our city, and said, Jesus, just come. 
Holy Spirit, just come. Every breath I have is saying, Jesus, come and do what only you can do. I want to see. I want to know. Up here and in the back at the response stations, we have bracelets. And they just say, devoted to prayer. Be devoted to prayer, to exhaling life and creation, to breathing out Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all over our city. There are enough for you to have one, maybe two, if you want to give one to a friend. And as you put this on and go through your week, every time you feel it on your wrist, every time you look down and see it, would you right then and there just simply pray something from what we prayed this morning? Jesus, I pray against the schemes of the enemy. Jesus, I pray that you would change the way that we think. Jesus, would you come and shine in this dark place? What might God do if 400 of us for the next 20 days pray for our hometown? I want to see. As you bring your prayer tags up and leave them as an offering so that we can be praying for them too, I want you to grab one of these bracelets and I want you to wear it as your sacrifice, as your, every time I feel it, Jesus, bless the Woodlands, bless Oak Ridge, bless Spring, bless Conroe, bless my hometown, bless my one square mile. What might God do? I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to respond. We're going to start our worship song right away. So even as you're gathering and grabbing your bracelets, sing this song. It's our first prayer in this vein of inviting light into the darkness. Jesus, thank you for today. I pray that you would take what we have heard and move us to act, to not just hear the word, but to do it. I pray thanks that you are listening to our prayers already. Responses to prayers that have been lifted up in this room are already being acted on. Lord, it's just the beginning. We want more. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.